kindness is the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. Today, we'll be looking at what the Bible has to say about kindness, which is the third quality that benefits us greatly on our life journey. This message is the fourth in the series, Road Trip. The message is entitled, Kindness. Here is Pastor Steve Rivera. We'll continue our series this morning, Road Trip. Road Trip. Last week, Pastor Dale talked about contentment. If you didn't get that teaching, make sure and download that. You can get that for free on our website. Great word on contentment. This week we continue. Matthew chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, grab your Bibles. Matthew chapter 5. How many brought your Bibles to church this morning? How many brought your Bibles on your phones this morning? Yeah, cool, awesome. Um, Matthew chapter 5. Have you ever uh, been taught to do something and later learned that you actually were taught to do it the wrong way? Anybody ever had that happen before? I feel like that's happened so many times to me. I learned to do something and then come to find out someone who actually knew how to do it taught me the real way to do it. And then I had to spend all this time retraining how to do something. And this is kind of a little bit of what's happening in Matthew chapter 5. And uh, there's um, the Sermon on the Mount, which you're very familiar with, but there's six sections in the Sermon on the Mount that start uh, with the phrase, you have heard it said. And uh, basically the Jews had returned from Babylon and they had actually forgotten their common language. And so anytime that they wanted to hear anything about um, the Bible, they would go to the scribes. And the scribes would take the scripture and they would kind of put their own little twist on it. And so um, they were adding a little bit here and there just to kind of uh, make it a little bit even beneficial for themselves. And so they had been taught things from the word of God that really weren't the heart of who God really was. And so Jesus is sitting here, Sermon on the Mount. He's preaching to these, this vast crowd and he's saying, okay, you have heard different things said, but... Here's what I want to do today, he says. I want to tell you what really my heart is for these these areas. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, we're going to hear one of these areas. It's going to lead us to our next part in this series. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Listen as I read. It says, you have heard that the law says. It's kind of like a rumor, right? Anybody ever heard any rumors before? Rumors are usually not good, right? You've heard... Heard it's the law says, love your neighbor. Hey, that sounds pretty good so far, right? So far, so good. Love your neighbor. Yeah, we're supposed to love our neighbors. Uh, listen as it continues. And hate your enemy. But here's my heart. Here's what I really, here's what my heart really is. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you only love those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. But if you are kind, everyone say kind. Kind, that's our word today. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different than anyone else. Even pagans do that. But you, here's my call for you as my followers, but you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So here's what they had heard. Here's the rumor. Here's kind of what they had been taught. Love your friends and hate your enemies. 
But he comes in and he says, I'm going to turn that all around, and I want you to love your enemies. They had been taught that they ought to live a life that was even, that was fair, right? If someone treats you a certain way, then that gives you the full permission. You have all right to treat them the way that they, they treated you. Now, would you say that that's kind of still stuck around a little bit in, 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 in our culture a little bit? Yeah, right? If someone does something to you, you have the right to do it back to them because that's fair. You just li live an even life. Just live a fair life. But Jesus comes in and he completely flips this whole principle around and he's saying, yeah, love your enemies, but here's a step even further. Go, go beyond what's expected and I want you to love your enemies. Anybody have any enemies? Anybody? No, right? We don't have enemies, right? But he's saying, if you have enemies, here's my call to you. I want you to love them. Now, I, th I know we've heard this passage many times, but when we're really honest with ourselves, how hard is it to love our enemies? Can, can, can we talk about that for a minute? <laughs> this is Jesus, though. This is the call that Jesus has put on our life. Love, love your friends, great. That's, anybody does that. Any, anybody can do that. But here's my call to you. Love your enemies. The people who, who hate you, the people who always talk about you, the people who always are disloyal to you, the people who say that they're going to do something for you and don't do it, the people who say that they would never turn their backs on you, I want you to love them. I, I want you to treat them, and here's what kindness is, I want you to treat them the way that I've treated you. Kindness is treating people the way that God has actually treated us. And this is an incredible call that God has placed, not just on those people on the Sermon on the Mount that he was speaking to. It's a call that he's placed on us, on you and I. As followers of God, he's placed the call on us to love those who turn their back on us, who, that we would give to those who steal from us. That we would, we would go beyond, go the, beyond the expected, go beyond the deserved, go beyond what you think is fair, and go beyond. Give more. Uh, love them. And this call to do this is a, is a challenging one. Beyond challenging, this call is actually impossible on our own. This call that God has placed on us to, to love like this is a call that can only be done in one way. This kindness can only be expressed when it has been experienced. This is your first point if you're taking notes. That this kind of love that God is calling us to, this kind of kindness that God is calling you and I to, can only be expressed when it has been experienced. Listen to Psalm chapter 145, verse 17. So the Bible says that the Lord is righteous in everything that he does, and he is filled with kindness. The Bible says that God, 
He is filled with kindness, kindness, kindness. There's also a verse um, in Romans chapter 2. The Bible talks about that the kindness of God leads to repentance. I find it very interesting that this verse didn't say discipline leads to repentance. He could have found all kinds of different words to put in that passage, but he said the kindness of God leads to repentance. It gives me a picture of a father with his son. And a, a son, the, son turns away, uh, the son turns away from his father and, and does things that are outside of the, the path that the father has laid. And, and, and the kindness of the father, not the discipline, not the correction, not the I told you so, not the condemnation, it's the kindness. Think about the kindness, right? It's the kindness that makes the son turn back to dad. This is the kindness that God has towards us. You see, God is the source of our kindness. He is the source from which, where we can get this kind of kindness. See, on our own, we don't have this kind of kindness. This kindness can only flow from God to us and from us to others. Can we talk about God's kindness for a moment? Can we think about times when maybe we've made decisions that have taken us away from God, yet God's kindness has always been there for us, that God's kindness has always pursued us, that God's kindness has always come after us. You know, God's kindness is very persistent. God's kindness comes after our hearts until he gets us. And even in times when we've turned from God, maybe you've been through that season, maybe you are in that season, that God's kindness is saying, my kindness is, see, God's kindness is what ultimately took Jesus to the cross. It was the kindness of God. Did we deserve that kind of kindness? No. Had we earned God's kindness? No. But see, kindness sometimes is undeserved, but God unreservedly gives it to us. This is the kindness of God. The, can, we, can we reflect on times when, when we have not deserved God's kindness, yet God, God has poured out his kindness towards us? And I just want to um, encourage you this morning, if you're here and you've never experienced the kindness of God, the kindness of God, it will change your life. I know it's changed my life, and it's changed so many people that I know. It's changed their life. Why? Because when you receive this kind of kindness from God, you cannot help but be drawn to it. That's why it says that the kindness of God, it leads to repentance. Why? Because this kindness is attractive. It pulls you in. It draws you toward God, not away from him. And only God can actually give us this kind of kindness. You see, we can look, at, look for it in people, Right? We can try to get it from people, but we're human, and we will fail one another. But see, the kindness of God never fails. It is always available. It is always there, and it always pursues us. God is the source of our kindness. And perhaps you're here, and you've been treated unkindly by someone. You've been treated in a way that's disloyal. Who, someone who has gone against what they have said, or perhaps they've just, with their words, said stuff against you. God's call, as hard as it sounds, is a call that is, is able to be walked out by us. Why? 
because God has given it to us and therefore he empowers us to walk in this kind of kindness. This is the same thing with so many things that God calls us to, not just with kindness, but there's things that God calls us to that we cannot, humanly speaking, do on our own. We need the power of God working in us. And this is the kindness that God has given to us. So, number one, this kind of kindness can only be expressed when it has been experienced. And can I just say, too, that when, when we begin to express this kind of kindness, we're actually stepping into the nature of who God created us to be. It says it in this very last portion of this passage, but we're going to read Matthew 5:43 in the message paraphrase. I want you to listen. It says, you're familiar with the old written law, love your friend, and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For, for then you're working out your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to, the war- to warm and the rain to nourish, to everyone regardless, the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anyone can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. And read this part with me, everyone, Frederick and Gaithersburg. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. Treat others the way God has treated you. Be kind toward others the way God's kindness has been poured out to you. When we, when we, when we practice this kind of kindness, we step into the nature of who God created us to be. Have you noticed that when you go beyond what's expected? Have you noticed that when you're kind, when it's undeserved? Have you noticed how good it feels? Anybody ever kind of felt that? You know why? It's because you're stepping in to what God actually created you to be, and he's empowered us to do that. I'm so thankful that when God calls us to do things, he also empowers us to do them, right? He would never call us to do something that he hasn't given us the power, made it available for us to do that. Okay, number two, kindness is best expressed when it is least deserved. Kindness is best expressed when it is least deserved. When you are mistreated, that is the opportunity for kindness to actually shine. When is a flashlight the most useful? In the darkness, right? That's the point when, when we are mistreated. This is the opportunity for kindness to shine through us. Maybe we haven't been given a reason. Maybe it hasn't been deserved. But kindness is the call that God has equipped us for. Listen to Luke 6, 27. It says, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who, cur- who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, anybody ever been slapped before? Oh, what? I saw some hands. I wasn't expecting any hands on that. All right, we're in church. You can, that's good. You can be honest. All right. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek. What? If I... 
if you have ever been slapped on one cheek, I would venture to say that the last thing that you want to do is offer the other cheek, right? Come on, really? This is, this is what he's saying. Yes, this is what he's saying. Offer the other cheek. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt. Give to anyone who asks, and then, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you only those, love those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get any credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who repay you, why should you get any credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Here's what he's saying. Here's the expected. Here's the line of expectation. Here's what uh, is normal. Here's what anybody can accomplish. Here's what is expected. But what I want, what my call is for you is to go beyond that line. And that's where kindness gets to shine. Kindness is available to all of us. The question is, will we actually practice it through the power of God working in us? You know, sometimes kindness will probably seem even unfair, right? Well, if I'm kind to them, you know, that's so unfair to me. And kindness makes you feel like someone's taken something from you, right? Like they've either internally or pride or obviously it requires us humbling ourselves but kindness might be unfair, but I'll say this much, we've been treated unfairly by God, if that's how we're gonna look at it. Because when we were undeserving, when we were in a place of haven't earned any kind of kindness, that's when God sent his son Jesus, that we would have purpose, that we could have a future, that we could have eternity. Was it earned? Had we done anything to, to, to take hold of that? No, but God in his kindness went beyond the expected. He went beyond the earned and he gave us his kindness. This kind of kindness can only be expressed when it has been received and it can shine the most when it is least deserved. Can I ask you, maybe there's someone in your life who is, is just waiting for you to reach out with your kindness to them. You say, well, they haven't deserved it. Well, that's, that's, that's how we've been treated, right? That's the call that God has put on us. That's what he's done for us. Maybe there's someone in your life where you think they're in your world and they would never expect it, but God is saying, hey, this is an opportunity. This relationship is a, is a great opportunity for my kindness to shine. And we go back to the verse that we heard earlier, that kindness, it leads to repentance. Perhaps your kindness shown towards someone will lead them not only back to you, but even more importantly, lead them back to God. And the fact that we have uh, the opportunity, we can be vessels for God's kindness to flow through us, right? And we gotta think about that way. Number, number three, kindness is giving up your rights to do what's right. Kindness is giving up your rights, in quotations, to do what's right. When, when we are mistreated, uh, it can make us feel like we have the right, right, to, to, to mistreat back. We feel like we've earned the right to level the playing field, Right? Well, let's level the playing field because we have the right, because that's how we were treated. 
But kindness is giving up that right to do what's actually right. And we're going to read a story here in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel. Um, talks, we're, we're gonna, let me fill you in before we jump in here. It's, it's a David. Remember the, door, the story of David and Saul. Saul was the king, and his, um, he was being threatened by, by David coming, coming up and God choosing him as the next king. And so Saul begins to pursue David. Remember this, right? He begins to chase David because he wants to kill him. He's doing everything he can. He wants to track him down so he can kill David. And this story that we're about to read, it um, picks up, and David has w- gone into a cave because Saul is close by. Uh, David walks into a cave with all of his guys, and they're sitting in the back, w- hiding, waiting for Saul to kind of keep going. And lo and behold, Saul walks into the cave to relieve himself, right? That's what the Bible says. It walks in, and that's where we pick up in 1 Samuel in chapter 24, verse 4. It says, Now is your opportunity David's men whispered. So they're sitting in the back of the cave. Now's your chance, David. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into into your power to do with as you wish. All David's guys are going, David, now's your chance. He's been trying to kill you. You have the right to kill him. Do it. Now's your opportunity, David. What does David do? He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord, the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. For the Lord placed me, placed you at my mercy back there in that cave. Some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you. Some of my men told me to kill you. That's another lesson, but our friends aren't always right, right? right? David was learning that. And um, now is your chance, David. Kill him. You got the right to do it. David says, hold, hold, hold on, who am I to take things into my own hands when God has one anointed me and God has anointed him? And this anointing, you know, it's available to all of us. It's not just available to David. It's not just available to certain people. This anointing that David was walking in. Do you know how David was able to do this? Not because he was a good guy, although he was a great guy. Not because he, he had such great self-discipline, although he probably did that as well. The only reason God, he, um, David could do this was because God was working through him. The Spirit of God was enabling him and empowering him to take kindness and go the extra mile. Take kindness and go uh, beyond what was expected. Take kindness and give it to, to Saul just like God had given it to David. And so kindness is getting rid of that rightness, that feeling of, oh, I have the right to do this, to doing what's actually right. I tell you something, when you do this, you step into the nature of who God is and the blessing that comes into your life, it it begins to take the flow of blessing, the flow of kindness through you. Now the kindness of God is not just stopped on you because he's poured it out to us, but it, it allows us to actually take the kindness, the flow and let it flow, and let, it, let the kindness flow through us. You know, kindness has such a power to heal. Uh, kindness has an incredible power to, to take uh, uh, things and restore them. And I just love the fact that God has made this kindness. Not only he's given it to us, but he's making it avail- made it available to us as well. Number four, kindness is not complete until it has been expressed 
Kindness is not complete until it has been expressed. You know, we can think about kindness. We can dwell on kindness. We can pray about kindness. Um, we can want kindness, desire, ask God for kindness. But kindness is not complete until it has actually been expressed. And we're going to fast forward in this very same story, this, um, this relationship, if you will, between David and Saul. And where we pick it up is in 2 Samuel chapter 9. And now is we're going we're gonna to try to take kindness and make it really practical. Okay, what, what, so what does kindness look like in our daily life? We, we understand the concept that it comes from God, that it's ex- best expressed when it's least deserved. But what does that look like in our daily lives? And I believe from this passage, we're going to be able to gather uh, what, practically speaking, kindness can look like. And in this story, uh, Saul is now dead. He's been killed in battle. Saul had a son named Jonathan. Jonathan has also been killed in battle. And um, Saul, or David is now king, and he's uh, basically in his palace. And he's kind of just thinking. I'm just picturing he's like in his palace, and he's just sitting and thinking. And listen to what he says in Second um, Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. It says, One day David asked... Is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Because he knew he was dead. He knew his son was dead. Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake. He summoned a, name, a man named Ziba, who had been one of Saul's servants. Are you Ziba? The king asked. Yes, sir, I am. Ziba replied. The king then asked him, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show kindness to them. Well, Ziba replied, Yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive. He is crippled in both feet. Everyone say crippled. Crippled is important. We'll come back to it. He's crippled in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. He's in Lodabar. Ziba told him, uh, so David sent for him and he brought him to Makir's home. His name was Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Say that three times real fast. Mephibosheth. We should give him like a nickname, Mephibs or Mephibi or something, right? Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. When he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect. And David said, greetings, Mephibosheth, right? Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. Don't be afraid, David said. I intend to show kindness. So Mephibosheth is, is scared. Why is the king calling me? He probably wants to kill me so that I don't raise up and take over his uh, kingdom, right? But don't be afraid, David said. I want to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul. And listen to this. And you will eat here with me at the king's table. Mephibosheth bowed respectful and exclaimed, Who is your servant that you should show such kindness to a dead dog like me? And from that time on, Mephibosheth ate regularly at the David's table like one of his own sons. This story is just the gospel all over it. But listen, I want to just point out some things I've thought practically can help us apply kindness to our life. You know, the Bible says that Mephibosheth was crippled. In fact, you can read about it in 2 Samuel chapter 4 about how he became crippled, but he was being carried as a little boy, as a little five-year-old boy, and he was dropped, and he became paralyzed in his legs, so he could not walk. He was crippled. 
We also know that he was living in a place called Lodabar. This place called, this name Lodabar, it means without pasture. So he's living in a place where he can't walk, and it's called no pasture. There's nothing there. And the king reaches out to Mephibosheth. He has nothing to offer David, right? And in fact, he probably would be a burden to David, you would think, right? And reaches out beyond what's expected to Lodabar, a place without pasture. And he brings them to the castle there, to the, to the place where he is. And he says, I want you to sit at my table with me. And from now on, you're going from a place where you've had no pasture, no communication, nothing. And now you're going to eat at my table. Not once, but you're going to eat. You're going to dine with me. Y'all love uh, having people at your house to eat. That's fun, right? It's fun just to have, like you get to hang out and you get to... It's a, very, um, it's a very intimate environment, if you will, right? Because not just anybody comes to your house. People that you, you want to develop relationships, and it's just you get to put your feet up and relax. And David was saying, hey, Mephibosheth, I know you've been in a place where you, you know, you're nothing. But now you haven't done anything to deserve this. You haven't done anything that would require me to do anything for you but I am going to reach out to you and I'm going to bring you in. You're not only going to be a servant, you're going to be like a son. <laughs> God has made us sons and daughters of him. And he's saying, come, you're not just going to be my servant, you're going to be my son. And now you can eat at my table with me. And God has said that to us. And this is what David is saying to Mephibosheth. I want you to come and I want you to just dine with me. I want you to just eat with me. Not just once. You're going to eat with me as if you were just one of my sons. Isn't this a beautiful thing? I want to break this down to four quick things that we can take with us as we leave today that I think we can apply to our relationships with God and with others. Number one, kindness reaches. Kindness reaches. It reaches. Everyone say reaches. Kindness reaches. Do you think David had to go through some trouble to get to Mephibosheth? Yeah. Mephibosheth didn't come to him. He, didn't, he wasn't knocking at his door daily, asking David for anything. David actually had to pursue. He had to go after him. He had to reach out. And this is the kindness that God is asking of us. Maybe there's someone in your world who is waiting for your reach. Maybe it's undeserved. Maybe it's unexpected. But perhaps even today, God is saying, now's your time to allow kindness to shine in you and for you to express to someone the kindness that I've expressed to you. Kindness, it reaches beyond, it goes beyond the boundaries of what's expected and it allows kindness to shine. Perhaps there's someone in your life who is waiting to be reached with your kindness. Think about that. In fact, maybe we need to take out our phones right now and start texting some people that are waiting, waiting. They're just waiting for kindness to reach out to them. Is it in you? Yes, but only because God has given it to you. Kindness, it reaches, it goes beyond the expected, it goes beyond what's normal, it goes beyond what's fair, and it reaches. 
think about that in your life for a moment. Is there someone who's waiting for kindness to reach them? Let it flow through you and let it flow to others. Number one, kindness reaches, right? Number two, kindness restores. Kindness restores. We read about how David gave to Mephibosheth all the land that was his father's, right? There's grandfather's. Kindness restores. What is restore? It means to put back into its rightful place. And this is what kindness does. You know that kindness, you have an opportunity to restore relationships through kindness. You say, well, they don't deserve it. Well, they've given me every reason not to express that. But you know what? Kindness has an opportunity to reach and it also has an opportunity to restore. I believe with all my heart, and I wouldn't be standing here if I didn't believe this, I believe that the, the supernatural kindness that God has, not just the human kindness, not the niceness that's superficial, the, the deep supernatural kindness that God has, I believe with all my heart, it has the opportunity to restore relationships that we would never imagine. Do you believe that with me? You know, let me encourage you to just kind of on a side note, if you're praying for that, don't give up. Keep praying that God could, in his kindness, reach us and also reach those who might be broken in relationships. I believe that the kindness of God, I believe it with all my heart, that the kindness of God has an opportunity. It reaches beyond what you're able to reach, and it restores beyond what we're able to restore. Do you believe that with me this morning? Amen. Number three, kindness repositions. Kindness repositions. We talked about how this kindness took Mephibosheth from a servant. It took him to a son. He was no longer a servant. You're not Mephibosheth. I don't want you to just come to my, my palace so you can serve me, so you can do something for me. I, I want you to come because I want to do something for you. And it, and it repositioned Mephibosheth from a place of giving and, and serving and, 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 and just being available for the king to actually of, of receiving, that I'm, you're stepping in, you're, step, you're crossing over the boundaries of family, now you're in my family, you are one of my sons, and it repositioned him. You know that the kindness of God has repositioned us. When we've made the decision to say, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna live for God now, I'm gonna receive God into my life, I'm gonna receive the call that he has to, to live for him, it's repositioned you, so now you and I are no longer just servants. We are family. Come on. We are family with the creator of this universe. We are now sons. And it has this opportunity in human relationships to also repositions. It repositions us to where we're in the flow of kindness. If you're out of the flow of kindness, make a decision today that you're going to step back into the flow of kindness. Let kindness flow. Let kindness just come into you and out of you. Number four, kindness releases. This is a very, very, very important one. Kindness releases. I remember coming uh, to church many years ago, and one of the very first um, teachings that I, that I heard Pastor Dale teach, and it's something that stuck with me ever since then, and it's a little phrase that I feel like is so valuable, and I believe maybe a phrase that um, will stick with you today. But kindness um, is living in a fenceless life, releasing, offenseless. Um, will people give you a reason to live offended? Sure. But kindness is actually releasing. It is releasing. It is letting go. People will offend you. 
And God says, release, let it go. You know, sometimes actually when we don't release, it actually ends up affecting us more than the person that we're holding it against. And God's call to us is to release, to release. Do you think God has released our offenses against him? Anybody? Yes? Yes. We have offended God with our life, yet God releases his forgiveness, his grace that flows into us. We currently might be offending God with a, a certain part of our life, but God releases his grace, releases. In the future, we're going to offend God, but God releases, it lets go. God is not offended against us. And this is the call of us with others, that we would release, that we would let go. I'm telling you, when you do that, God will bless you so powerfully. God will step into your life so amazing. You'll never believe that you're able to accomplish the things that you're accomplishing. Only how? Through the power of God working through each of us. Amen? I believe kindness will restore so many things in our life and in, in, in our, our world. I believe God has a great work to do in and through us. Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you for your word. God, we thank you this morning that your kindness has been so extravagant toward us, God. God, I thank you that when we didn't deserve your kindness, that, God, you gave it to us. God, when we hadn't earned your kindness, God, that you gave it to us. And so, God, even in this moment, God, we just pray for your kindness to be poured out, Lord God, that we would receive your kindness and we would let it flow through us, Lord God. We want to be in the flow of kindness, God, in our life. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. And we'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. 
If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash new beginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.